Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. God say amen, amen. and amen. amen. Go ahead and have your seats in the presence of our life-changing king. Again, thank you so very much for having us today. I'm just going to kind of lay out some ground rules if, if I can. Am I all right with that, Pastor Love? Just, just a few. And then, and then more importantly, kind of idle my mortis until we hit that gear and then we're going to take off. One of the ground rules I like to say is I know I've been down here in the Bible Belt before. The army has taken me to and fro across this great nation and some other places overseas that I care not to remember. But the point is we've been down here in the Bible Belt where there's good, solid, sound country folks. Amen. Am I good old country folks in here? I thank God for good country folks, man. It makes America better, amen? But I come from a small place. You guys have townships here and even parishes, right? That's what you guys say? Well, up north, believe it or not, in this little place called New York City, I come from a Brooklyn named Village. I mean, a village named Brooklyn, amen? And, and so one of my ground rules is I try to lay it out to make sure that you guys know I talk a little differently. Is that all right? I talk a little, I know somebody in here is like, he talks funny. I know, that's okay. <laughs> All right, we're going to get through it all right. And, and just make sure that you got your pens ready and wagon because I got to, again, get us through this today so that we can get back this evening. Amen. All right. So we're in, uh, again, another translation from what we read before we uh, opened up. I want to make sure I go back to that. It says, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do many wonders among you. And a different translation, it says sanctify, which means to purify yourself. To purify yourself, to purposely make sure that you cleanse yourself. And shouldn't we purposely make ourselves clean before we go in to see the Lord? Nobody rolled out of bed this morning and didn't brush their teeth, right? You knew meet and greet was coming. You wanted to make sure that you was right to hug your brother and sister, right? And so we should even elaborate that throughout the week as, as Pastor Love is telling us to make sure that we come and prepare ourselves for the Lord. Making an opportunity, making a moment that we would come and be holy before him. I love it in another translation, it also says that we should consecrate ourselves before the Lord, which is a, way, a simple way to say we, that we should make or declare yourself ready on purpose by formally dedicating yourself for God's divine purpose. That's what we should be doing, people of God. Not to mention, do you see where Joshua, the leader of God's people, asks and says with vision, with confidence, and with certainty of what is to come the next day? Let me read it to you again. It says, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. Scream out tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Among you. And he says with certainty. Not because Joshua himself is a tea leaf reader or a prophet in that regard. He's a general in God's people's army right now. What he's saying is, I'm not certain what tomorrow holds personally. But what I can tell you is I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know personally, but it says that the Lord has something for us on tomorrow. He has something for us on tomorrow. So that's what the confidence that we should have. We should have confidence to know that God's got a plan for us. Amen. After all, God's our future is God's past. He's already there creating your tomorrow. Amen. Ooh, that's good to me, family. I mean, that, that's something to shout about in the morning. This is the day. This is the day. Oh, yeah, you knew I was going to sing that here. That the Lord, that's what we should be shouting in the morning when we get up and we bend the knee. Because it's the day that God didn't, that we didn't know was going to be there, but God gave it to us. Amen. So, however, he also said, tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. First, first things first, let's do this. Let's plug in the right thing because this is the living word, is it not? You could read John 3.16 today, and then you could read it again this year, this time next year, and it'll mean something totally different to you based off your circumstance. So it's the living word. Say the living word. 
And so what I love is I want to make sure that we plug it in some things here because we can actually say sanctify yourselves, Life Church, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Let's personalize this thing. Amen. Let's make it personal. However, also, he said tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you because he knows personally from the experience and the firsthand knowledge that he followed and watched his teacher, Moses. Right. Y'all know about Moses. Y'all are already in Joshua studying. Right. It says Moses over there in the beginning of Joshua. One, uh, um, Joshua, son of none, my, Mo- my servant Moses has died and came home to be with me. Amen. Tag, you're it. That's essentially the Vincent version of it. Tag, you're it. And so he knows by firsthand account and firsthand knowledge that they may not know tomorrow holds, but who holds tomorrow. Again, shout Jesus for me real quick. Because that's who holds our tomorrow. Amen. So today I want to speak to you guys on a subject by, and it's a mouthful, and and my wife said, you really going to say all that? I said, yes, babe, I'm going to say all that because it was what God gave me to say. Strategies, strong strategies for success in times of struggle. Strong strategies, not just any old kind of strategy, not X's and O's like we're football players. I'm talking about strong strategies, military grade stuff for the success in the times of struggle. Because the reality is this. We're not from this world. We're just spiritual beings making a fleshly pass through here. Amen. And we're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world. And we need a strategy to how to last here. Amen. Because there's nothing but struggles outside those doors, unfortunately, waiting on us. But God. But God, because I have mentioned um, God's uh, first pastor, Moses, along God's people, endured struggle as he led them out of Egypt. He led them out, remember? But see, that was their time. Now this is life church's time. And I thank God for a man of God, Joshua, by way of name of Pastor Dean Love, who's leading life church and the people of life church into their promised season. He's leading you into your promised season. And we got to consider that. But now, say now. It's Joshua's time. It's Pastor Dean Love's time. It's Life Church's time. And even though we see God's people, as a matter of fact, let's make this personal again. We see Life Church getting ready to go over into a season of greater. Scream out greater if you want greater in your life. Matter of fact, reach up and grab it. Mean it. Show God you're grabbing your greater. You're going to take possession of the land indeed. And a season filled with greater and with blessings overflowing. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has God even sown it into your heart, beloved, what God's got for you in this season. Do you believe it? Oh, okay. I got four over here. Do you believe it over here? I mean, it's 2020 after all. I mean, he's given us a new decade. Do you know that 20 in the Bible means things done in great magnitude? Cycles of completeness. That means you're going to put a period at the end of your chapter and start a new one. Cycles of completeness. Things done in great magnitude. That's what God has planned in 2020 just for you. And the first thing that we must accept as we're getting ready to go over into this place, that there's going to be struggles. Help me me break the news to your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, there's going to be struggles. Take a deep breath. Let it out. There's going to be some struggles. But that's okay. But that's okay because we got God on our side. Matter of fact, let me come on down and say it really loud and proud. God is not just on our side. The fight is fixed. It's already won. All you got to do is show up to your corner and keep throwing haymakers. That's all you got to do. Just keep throwing haymakers. And God's got it covered because he paid it all. Did he not? He paid it all. So there's test trials and tribulations that we're going to face in life. So God says, tell the beautiful people, tell the wonderful people down near Life Church about strong strategies for success in times of struggle. 
So now that we've settled the fact and the matter that you guys are going to have some struggles, and that's okay, and we're not scared. Say, I'm not scared, but I'm not scared about what's going to happen. So we're going to go forward, and we're going to equip you. But most importantly, we're going to pin it to the living word of God. I don't want you to hear more of Vincent's word. Let's give you some words. So make sure that we've got our notes and our pens out going because there are struggles in this world and in this life. And then there's there's not sometimes. And we got to make sure that we're equipped either way. Matter of fact, Jesus tells us or Peter, first Peter, the apostle Peter tells us over in chapter four, verse 12 through 13. God bless you. He says over there in four, 12 through 13, beloved. I love it. He wants to break the news to you. Say, say, hey, beloved, check this out. Do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. Listen, don't get frustrated, disillusioned and hard to get along with when things go wrong. You're a child of the most high God. Yeah, of course, the enemy's going to try all he can and all he got. And he got nothing, by the way, to, to mess up your day. This is what I love because, see, happiness comes from the English translated word of happenstance. Happenstance comes from the different things that we see around us. They made my coffee wrong at Starbucks. My t- I had a flat tire. My check engine light's on. That's happenstance. And see, guess what? When happenstance inadvertently affects you, then your happiness goes down. But scream out joy. Joy unspeakable was on the inside. The world didn't give it to you. The devil didn't give it to you. It can't take it away from you. So you got to tap into that. And the reality is this. God says, make sure that you know your strategies. Back to that text. It says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. If God had to take a little bit of a beating, so don't we. We have to take a little licking and keep on taking. Come on. Come on. It's not just that little energizer buzzy, bunny. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. There's that joy. You know, I got that, that spiritual. It's hit me right now. Okay, all right. <laughs> so I got my help. Yeah, I got my help. I'm focused, man. All right. So John 16 and 33 says this. It says, these things I have spoken unto you. Vincent has come and spoken this unto you, that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus also saying unto us, because it's written in red, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer that he has overcome the world. And Jesus, is he not alive on the inside of you? And greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. Let's keep going, family. Man, I'm having a good time with this word. How about y'all? But God said also in John 10, 10, the thief does not come to accept the steal, kill, and destroy. Oh, a little stinking devil. A little greasy guy. Do y'all realize that his, his, his power is, is futile? It's, it's mute. It's impotent. It's void. As a matter of fact, we shouldn't even speak to him. We should just speak to God about what God is already doing and crushing him. Don't talk to him. Don't even pay him. No, never mind. Don't give him any never mind. Don't even speak to him because God has already crushed him and defeated him. And remember, God made you in his likeness, in his image. And matter of fact, in Genesis 1 and 28, he said he's given you dominion over all things. Say all things. That creepeth, crawleth, and that's also swimming, and also that little, rotten, dirty, nasty, greasy devil. Mm, mm, mm. And it goes on, and Jesus says that, um, that, that you, I, but I have come, say I have come, that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And then my homeboy, Apostle Paul, said over in 1 Corinthians to the church of Corinth, 10 and 13, because how many of us know sometimes we can look like that church in Corinth? Yeah, mm-hmm. but for those in the room that aren't theologians and haven't been to Bible school and all that good stuff, Corinth was wild, man. They, they were tearing stuff up. Paul had to write a couple letters to him, not just one, but two. And said, listen, 
So how are you supposed to conduct yourself? So he says them to this because people had a tendency to say, man, little, uh, uh, don't feel bad for me. Isn't that sometimes what we get to after we've ex experienced a lot of tests and that test turned into a trial and that trial turned into tribulation, which is a couple tests. And, that, and sometimes even a tragedy may have arose in our life. And all of a sudden we lost our natural or our Christian mind as it would be. We totally forgot that we're God's child all of a sudden. All of a sudden, matter of fact, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what God also wants you to know about adversity and struggle. Because, see, we want to see things. I know Apostle Paul said first the natural and then the spiritual. And we're here. And he says balance these things out. But he says don't forget about the fact that the victory is already won. It's already won. And so let's finish this text. It says, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above or beyond what is able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You're able to bear these things. You can stand in there. You can stand in there and say, man, you can take it. You can do it. Say, I can do it. And now that we've come to know the Lord has got your back. He's got your front. He's got your side. And he's camped all around and about us. You see him? You feel him? You, you, okay. All right. Okay. okay. He's, he's got our back. And as he heads into this next season, what's our part of the strategy? I just told you everything God did for you. I mean, we, that, that should be it. We should just close this up, say amen, bow your heads, close your eyes, let's pray and get out of here, right? I mean, that's all we really need. But God says, you gotta, in order to feel a part, you got to do your part. Don't you want to be participatory in your purpose? Oh, y'all just want your purpose to come knocking on your door and say, here you go. No, that's not how it works. I'm sorry, but that's not how it works. You have to be participatory. And I practice that word all morning long in the mirror, bro. Participatory in your purpose purpose. You have to be able to be a part of it. So say strategy. So let's give you point number one of your strategy. Let's go. Point number one is you got to find your strength. You got to find your strength. Because sometimes it seems like we done lost it. Strength, are you over here? Where did I leave my strength at? Sometimes, right? Because all of a sudden, let me, let me help you understand from a perspective of the pastor. Because now, I, me and my wife, we've been doing this three and a half, almost four years, right? I didn't, I didn't even share. I'm going to take a real, no, I have to tell y'all tonight about how this man and this woman of God played an intricate role of speaking life into me and my wife that got us to here today preaching the gospel to you. Amen? I'm telling you right now, and I saw it. I saw their praise and worship, the freedom, the liberality, the people that are speaking in tongues, the people that are touching each other, the people that are prophesying. And I know because that's the culture that this man and woman set. And they released the word in our life that's, that turned out to be a rocket ship, and we've been riding it ever since. Haven't we, beloved? So I thank God again. Let's give God a, a hand clap of praise for your man and woman of God. Goodness gracious. So it says over in Joshua 1, 6 through 7, this is where we're going to find our strength. So we're no longer looking for it. We're no longer looking for it. It says in verse 6, be strong and of good courage. For this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to your fathers to give them. And it goes on in verse 7. Thank you, sir. It goes on in verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do accordingly to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it the right hand or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Don't waver. Don't all of a sudden start getting nervous in the service just because the tests and the trials and the tribulations are getting strong. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that back. So now in the world, we know academia or university. That's how we get tested by the test uh, standards, right? We get taught the information first, and then we get to come and test. 
And, and unfortunately for this generation that we're experiencing today, God bless your heart and all your parts, right? They get to take takeover tests constantly. I tell my kids, what kind of deal is that? I wasn't ready for the test. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Mm, that was for somebody. That was for me. So then, <laughs> so then, but it's different in the kingdom. Say it's different. In the kingdom of heaven, we get tested by adversity first, and then we get the outcome of the test. And, and unfortunately, not like the world, not like that very forgiving high school teacher of ours or that are teaching our children today, God will continue to repeat the test over and over and over <laughs> until you get it. Until you get it, because he's determined that you would grow up before you go up. He's determined that you would grow up before you go up. You want that ground hog's day in hell to stop? Then get the point of what God is trying to say to you. Oh, because we, we came for a message today, but will you get the point? I know it was a mouthful, strategies for successful, yeah, yeah. But will you get the point of the matter, what God is trying to say to you, Amen. It says also, this is where we can find our strength. Ephesians 6 and 10 says, finally, say finally. My brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I have not said once, you be strong on your own. He says, be strong in him. Because it's in him that I move, that I live in, and I have my being. So then why would you try it on your own? Oh, but we do, don't we? Yeah, don't look down now. I see people, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." we do. We're the proverbial putting the cart before the horse. Yes. Not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of God that lives on the inside of us. So what's God's uh, word essentially telling us here in these two scriptures? Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Don't be discouraged, but be encouraged. Rejoice in the Lord always. Scream out rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice. Guess what? We have to be... We're trying to build a triple A church here, a church that has an affinity for the word of God, an adornment or adoration for the house of God, and an aspiration for the persecutions of Christ Jesus. Who wants to aspire to be persecuted? Because guess what? He says, the world hated me first. They're not going to like you neither. As soon as you wrap your head around that boo-boo, you'll be all right. Matter of fact, if I put a verily, verily on the front of that, you would receive it, wouldn't you? Okay? Verily, verily, the world ain't going to like you. Okay? And it's okay. And it's, say it's all right. It's all right. It's okay. God says it's going to be all right. And we got to have a greater revelation of a difference. As a matter of fact, we have a revelation of a difference when looking at struggle. We've got to look at it differently. As a matter of fact, when those attacks, when those fiery darts start coming, we got to find a way with the aspiration of Christ in us to say, thank you, Lord. When's the last time anybody raised their hand and said, thank you, Lord, for attacking my car? Thank you, Lord, for that person on my job that's getting on my nerves. Thank you, Lord, for my boss who's riding me like a rented mule. Thank you. Oh, we don't say that, though. But we don't know that God is making things happen. His promise still stands. Great is his faithfulness. He's still moving. He's moving mountains. Girl, it's in me. It's in me. We're one, okay? At any rate, so he's moving mountains. He's making things happen for you. When you pray, say, when you begin to stand and you pray in faith in your closet, beloved, trust me, God is already dispatching angels moving on your behalf. He's binding and loosing whatever you're binding and loosing here. But we got to be able to say it and we got to be able to tap into our strength, knowing that our strength is not in us. You will burn out before you can burn on. 
you got to go with the Lord. Amen? We got to go with the Lord. And it goes on also, and this is the most famous and one of our most favorites as well. Philippians 4 and 13 says, I can do all things. Matthew, I love to stop there and say, did he say some things? Did he say Monday, Wednesday, Friday kind of things? What did he say? I can do all things. Uh, come on, say it with your chest if you mean it. You can do that's right. You can break out a YouTube video and fix your own carburetor because I can do all things in Christ. I can build my own patio and deck. You can do all things in Christ Jesus. Buy your own taxes. You can do all things in Christ Jesus. Those things naturally, but also all things spiritually. You can bind and you can release and you can bring healing. People of God, please know that we're facing struggles that we don't have to face. Our deepest fear, one of my favorite poems, and it starts off essentially and it summarizes is this. Our deepest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. And, and it goes on later on. It says you're doing nobody a favor by playing small. You are powerful in Christ Jesus. Tap in and find your strength. Say find your strength. It goes on and says that also we have to know that we've been enlisted in the army of the Lord. Now, I'm, I'm already serving. Okay, God says, hey, man, I want you to come and serve in my army. I said, well, well what I got to do? <laughs> what I got to do? Because let me help you understand also how the sausage is made behind the, the curtain or the, uh, or the veil as, as being a pastor that maybe your pastor won't tell you. But the reality is this. Nobody wants to be a pastor. Oh, y'all was like, oh, man, that's deep. Like, is he going to walk out? No, I'm not. Here's the other rest of it, right? Nobody wants to. But I want to do what God wants from me. That's what I want to do. That's why they do what they do. They do what they do because they love him. I do what I do because I, because I love him. You should do what you do because you love him. Amen? And so we got to understand that what we enlisted for, whether you, the day that you got salvation, y'all remember that. Whatever day it was, go, go back there really quickly. You remember all the snot and all the tears, all the crying. Lord, I'm not worthy. You're still not. Don't worry about it, but just say, thank you, Jesus, right? And the fact of the matter is you remember that day of salvation, but he said, but you're all still here, though. What happened? Weren't we supposed to be just, just zoomed up to space right then and there, up to heaven? No, because you have a purpose. He says, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling with reverence and respect, but also let me help you to understand, just in case you've ever had the quandary or the wonderment of why you are saved. Here it is, beloved. Get it out. Write it down. It's going to bless your soul. You are saved so that you may serve, and you serve so others may get saved. That's why you're saved. That's the thing. The Bible says he who saves souls is wise. The, the, the greatest thing that you'll ever do is invite somebody to church and that they get saved. Oh, you mean that, that, that building that I built or that brick that I placed or that bench that I donated? At Paul said it's dumb. Okay? Getting somebody to cro crossing the street, crossing the aisle in Walmart, inviting somebody to church and getting their life, their soul saved is the greatest accomplishment anybody will ever do. And that's where we should be drawing strength from. Amen? That which moves us from our salvation and moves us to servant leaders in Christ. Then we're okay with enduring as soldiers because now we take on the fullness of our job. And then that eventually graduates us to being sons. I'm looking at ladies, ladies, like where's the, what about the ladies? Son in the Bible means maturity. Paul says you got to press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Well, what's the high calling? First thing is first, we all get the heavenly calling. Everybody gets that. What's the heavenly calling? It's under salvation. Next calling is we all get is the holy calling. Say the holy calling. 
which means that God says, listen, now you're different because I live on the inside of you. You're no longer dead to sin. You got to separate from those folks that want to keep going to the club. I got him? Yes, you got him. Those people that keep wanting to take you to touch things you shouldn't be touching, places you shouldn't be going, things you shouldn't be doing, things you shouldn't be saying, those are the people that got to set apart. Not that you're better than them, but Christ lives on the inside of you. And now it's time to be sanctified, set apart, separated and holy for his purpose. By the way, that's another place that you gain your strength in that separation. And that enduring comes from strength from within. The only comes from the Holy Spirit. Let God pour out his super on your natural. That, there's another one, how you find your strength. You, you come to the, the sooner that you come to the end of yourself and let God take over, the better you'll be. The better off you'll be. Not by my might or by my power, but by the spirit of God. He, Peter, first Peter says, he says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God and in time. Oh, I just, I just ruined somebody's certain. I don't like time. I don't, I don't, I don't want to wait. We all, want it, we all want it now. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, if I start saying, he's sending blessings now, doing this now, everybody's like, they'd be on their feet, now, yeah, right? But all of a sudden, I say, wait, now, and then, oh. But don't we know in Christ, wait is an action word? While I'm waiting, I'm worshiping. While I'm waiting, I'm worshiping, just like this beautiful team did. You know what? Let me take another commercial break. My wife said thank you. Let me say thank you, okay? Because, yes, I had to come, and I'm coming to plow the ground. We're coming to do work. But this is how I know that we're tied in with family, because I got ministered to this morning by this praise and worship team. The freedom, the liberality, the prophesying. We got filled this morning. Again, another place that we can show that we find our strength in him. In him, because I'm encompassed around and about by real saints of the Most High God. Thank you again. Let's get to point number two. Y'all all right? Okay, point number two says, fix your situation. Oh, boy. I didn't know it was broken. It is. <laughs> Pastor Love, why you fly this man come down here and tell us our stuff is broken? Because it is. It's broken. So let's, let's start talking about what's broken, because we got to get the sin out of our perimeter. Y'all want some military talk? That's it. We got to get the sin out the camp. Y'all are getting ready to get there in y'all exhaustive study of Joshua, and it's going to bless your life. Make sure that you're listening to what the man of God is saying, these nuggets he's laying out for you, because it's going to bless your soul. But we got to get sin out of the perimeter of our camp so you can step into your promise. Wow. You got to kick it out. Say kick it out. Yeah. You got to kick it out. So the next chapter, after God has multiplied his people, Israel, I like to say like church, into their promise. The next chapter, chapter 7, this is after the walls come down, after we went into Jericho, after we got all the plunder, and we do anything, we stand on the rocks, we sing a song, Woo! We, we are the champions, my friend. Right? We're doing all of that. The very next chapter, sin comes in and stalls out the drive into the promised land. It just stalls, just like I can't even get this thing back in gear. And it says over in John 10, 10, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited, I lost my way in my nose. That's okay, we're, we're back on track now. And it's, it goes on and it says, why? Because an individual on the team, his name was Aiken, all right? His name was Aiken. An individual on the team, he decided that he wanted to have and live how he wanted to. So what are you trying to say to me, preacher? You, the world has a saying that says that we're only as strong as our, I knew y'all know that. That's right. It's not just about who you sit on the pews next to, because if they weren't there week after week after week, wouldn't you notice? You're wondering, do I really have a role that I play? Yes, you do. 
Even if you're not laboring, your hands isn't to the plow, which they should be, which they should be. Oh, why he come down here and put us on blast? Because you can't feel a part unless you do a part. You can't, you, unless you do your part, you cannot feel a part. So the reality is this, but you're a gift. Say, I'm a gift. We ain't going to move until everybody says it. I want the kids to say I want everybody to say Say, I'm a gift. I'm a gift. No, no, they're still mumbling because they don't believe it in themselves. They're not fully persuaded and confident that the promise that God called them to be. Say, I'm a gift. I'm a gift. You should all be wearing little red bows right now. We're all gifts. And you're a gift unto the body of Christ. And even when you're not keeping your seat cushion warm on your pew, somebody's missing you. You're intricate. And so if that's the emphasis of what you do for your brother and your sister to your right and left, then shouldn't we live a life worth walking worthy before the Lord? Because the reality is this. You don't think it, but the reality, here's the greatest reality. We can't grade our own paper and we can't read our own press. God says, let people judge you by your fruit. And you think that your sin is independently inward. Oh, no. Your sin is messing with somebody else's life. Oh, I'm just going to hold this on in here. Matter of fact, I'm already in my notes and I'm ahead of it. So it says, let me help you understand. Sin is towards God. We, we studied it out there in spiritual warfare in our Bible study last week. There's 667 sins listed in the Bible. It's like, man, how in the world am I going to keep up progress, not perfection? Just remember that. Okay, progress, not perfection. Romans 3 and 23 says all have sinned. All. And fallen short of the glory of God. Amen? Just get back up. Just keep getting back up. But sin is towards God. Trespasses and transgressions are against each other. Well, I've heard about trespasses. That's what the Bible says. What are the transgressions? You did somebody wrong, and then you keep doing somebody wrong. Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> just because you apologized that one time don't mean you don't need to keep apologizing. Just because they haven't busted you again on the same thing doesn't mean you're still not wrong for it. Sin is towards God. Transpass, trespasses and transgressions are towards each other. And iniquity is the nasty, bent, broken, and busted thing on the inside of us. Okay, yeah, we can sit just for about five seconds and consider what is that thing that we don't want somebody on our pew to find out about right now? Ooh, who's that peeping in my window? But that's the reality, and we think that we're doing a good job by concealing it, and it's literally bleeding out of our life and into our fruit, that people are judging. And just trust me, whether you know it or not, sister, there's a sister or brother in here. Matter of fact, it was Kenny. Brother, your worship's so pure. I love it. I love it. And because you worship in spirit and in truth and in freedom, it ministers to somebody else just by watching. Just by watching, does it not? That a man would love God that much and dance before him. David danced before him, danced right out of his clothes. Can he keep your clothes on? But the fact of the matter is, <laughs> and dance before God in such a way, he's ministering whether he knows it or not. And so we got to be mindful of what our iniquity would do to somebody else. Well, that's none of anybody's business. No, no, no. Let me go back to your enlistment contract as a soldier in the army of the Lord. Your life is not your own. Your life doesn't belong to you any longer. Greater is a friend, right? Greater is no love. No, there's no love greater than the friend who lie, lays down his life for another, is what Jesus says, right? We got to be able to lay down our life and realize that people are watching us, amen? And the thing about sin is this. We have a tendency in our natural being to rehearse sin. Don't worry about it. Yes, we are all dirty dish rags, unworthy of God's love, okay? But he gives us mercy and grace. Which means that we receive his love even though we don't deserve it. We receive his forgiveness even though we don't deserve it. But we can't keep rehearsing it. 
nor can we also relish in it. Oh, when I say relish, because I'm a guy, and I'm going to go back to the guys, right? Sitting around talking about, man, you remember when back in high school, I was the man. First of all, dad body, let me tell you right now. <laughs> You're not now, okay? And the only person's opinion who should matter is your wife, all right? Stop relishing in the heyday, right? Let me tell you a little bit of my business, because I just feel like I'm at home. So I feel like I'm going to tell you a little bit of my business. I used to be a whoremonger and a gambler. Kids are going to go home in the car and be like, Mommy, what's a whoremonger? <laughs> tell them it's in the Bible, baby, right? At any rate, and a gambler. And I, would all, and I would tell my kids, and I would carry on about all the money that I used to win, and this, that, and the third. And my son would be like, Dad, when are you going to go back to the casino? Never, because God set me free from that. You can't relish in your sin. You can't remember the days of old because let's be honest, sin is fun. That's why we was doing it. It was, yeah, it was fun. Oh, nobody, oh, hey, we, don't, don't look up. I don't want nobody to see me because I remember what I, exactly. God says you can't get free from it if you're relishing in it. You want to know why? Why won't this thing come out my hand? He said in Matthew 11, just come and lay it down, all who are heavy laden and burdened, and I shall give you rest, and then I'll switch it out with you, and I'll take that, that thing off your neck, but it won't come out your hand because you keep talking about it. So now all of a sudden, so now we, we, we rehearse it, and then we relish it, but then, like the Bible says, like dogs, we return to it, to our own vomit. Man, if you slide off the train, you fall down, dust yourself up, and get back on it again. Find a friend, find an accountability partner, confess your sin one to another, begin the healing process, and go again. Because this preaching man from Maryland is telling you right now, I fall, but I get back up. I'm not worthy to sit up here and preach the gospel, but Paul made sure that he told me over an Acts that I wouldn't disqualify myself as long as I keep getting back up. Get back up. Scream out, get back up. Get back up. The only thing that we're supposed to do to sin is refer to it. We're supposed to reference it. Right? Because he or she that does not learn from their own history will never overcome it. You got to learn from it. Otherwise, you're doomed to repeat it. You're doomed to repeat it. I did everything I needed to to get free from this particular thing. Mm -hmm. You ain't turning over God yet. I'll see you next week at altar call. That's what I got to tell men back, at, back in Maryland. For real. And they call me week in and week out past, and I'm still dealing with this. Cause, and, I, and then once it gets to so many times, I, I just say, okay, I give them the shorthand. I just tell them in a the text, listen, you haven't laid it down yet. We'll talk when I see you. Because the reality is they haven't laid it down. We think that we have, but the reality, and this is often what happens. We get in our prayer closet, we come here to the altar, we put it down, and we pray, God, I need you to take this. God, I need you to take this. You know, this is so heavy weighted and burdened. God, I need you to take this. Please, God, this, that, and third. Amen. God bless you. And we pick it up and we take it back. Leave it at the foot of Jesus. If you want to be delivered, if you got a smoking addiction, God can take the taste out your mouth. Leave it at the foot of Jesus. You want to put down that bottle? Leave it at the foot of Jesus. God will take it from you. My wife quit cold turkey. I stopped gambling. I live three miles from a casino and ain't been in it and won't go in it. That's the closest I've ever been because God delivered me from it. Amen? Because I don't rehearse it, I don't relish in it, I don't want to do anything else, but just to refer to it. So, I, so guess what? Because so, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Somebody in here is addicted this morning, but they heard this preacher say that he used to do this, and they got free this morning. Now what more would your testimony do if you told them because you live amongst them? I'm leaving. <laughs> but this is how you guys continue to help and minister to one to another. There's only two of them, but there's a hundred of you. 
They need help ministering to the rest of the flock. Help yourself. Don't be so shamed and embarrassed by the thing that's in you. We've already said we're not qualified. We're not worthy. Now that that's been established, help your brother, help your sister. That's your personal ministry. Every last one of you in here, whether you've been ordained or not, is a minister of the gospel. Do you know why? Because the original translation in the Hebrew, minister, means servant. Are you not a servant of the Most High God? And if you are, then you should be willing to share and tell your story. I tell everybody, make sure that you got your preach point ready. You should make sure that you got a 30-second elevator spill to get somebody to salvation when a moment happens. I preach it. I ain't got no notes. I ain't got no message. Do you remember what God delivered you from? Like Mary, when she got delivered from demons. Like the lame man, when he got healed and got up from, from the pool of Bethesda. Do you remember the, the ailment, the, the affliction that you had that God healed you from? Preach that. That's your preach point. Preach that. You're wondering, what's my message? What's my mandate? What's my model? That's it. Share that. Share it in love. Share it in true transparency because that's going to heal somebody. Amen. Let's give God praise, everybody. We're going to heal somebody today. And when we can face that thing, when we can trace back to where that thing started, we can also begin the process of erasing that thing. And then God will come in last and replace that thing. You do your best and God will do the rest. Now, my best is going to be different than somebody else's best versus somebody else's best. But you do your very diligent best and you know what it is and God knows what it is and God will do the rest. Amen. Let's keep going. Joshua 7 and 13. Matter of fact, this is where it says it says, get up. This is what happened after. Let me tell you the, the preface to this in, in chapters one, uh, verses one through 12. They went out there in an army right after their big, 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 big win. Isn't this like football season, right? After the big win, then you get out there and they get mollywhopped. That's what happened to the Ravens, right? <laughs> we, from, we from Baltimore. I can say that down here, okay? We, they don't like that up in Baltimore. But the reality is this. They took two weeks off. They were the champions, and then they got mollywopped. They didn't even know what happened to them, right? It's the same thing. They, they got off the big win over in Jericho, and the next thing you know, they go to fight a force that's the size of the kid's church. And matter of fact, they were so confident and cocky because they were cocky in themselves, not so much confident in the Lord. And they got confident and cocky and said, matter of fact, Lord, we, uh, Joshua, don't send us all up there. We all ain't got to go up there. Just to send a few of us. And they got their wig split. <laughs> they got their head busted to the white meat. All right? And the reason why, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, I told y'all in the opening, I'm from a small village. Anyway. So as they're licking their wounds and feeling bad for themselves, God comes back in and says, get up. Say, get up. Get up. That's what you need to be able to do. That's what a brother and sister in Christ can do for you is to tell you, get up. Get up. Stop feeling bad for yourself. Get up. One of my favorite, another one of my favorite poems, men are like, he reads all this poetry. Yes, I do. Okay. I'm a renaissance man. Right. Another one of them says that a bird will fall frozen from the bow of a ship dead before it ever feels sorry for itself. And if creation won't feel sorry for itself, then why? If, the, if you're part of the greatest creation, why would you ever feel bad for yourself? Because we serve a creator who created a creative creature. Yes. Figure it out. Figure it out, amen? And it goes back and says, get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify, purify, consecrate yourselves before tomorrow. He said that also in our opening text back in chapter 3. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in the midst of you, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. If your house is not prospering, I would check around and see where the sin is laying at. Because there's, there's something in the camp.
There's something in the camp. And holy man or holy woman of God, find your strength, address the sin in your camp, and put it out. Because I'm going to give you the rest of the story. Achan didn't make it long after this. Achan turned into somebody's bacon, okay? It was over. It was over for Achan, everybody. So see this, see this way, beloved. Jericho was the beginning of our, sal our salvation. In AI and any other subsequent season, those are the battles. Those are the struggles. After God delivered us, he's looking to develop us. Because now they just came off the biggest victory of all time. Now they went over to A and got their head split. Now guess what? He's developing us. Because it ain't always going to be high hills. There's going to be some valleys in there. Matter of fact, we're always in a valley season. So oh, why are we always in a valley season? Because either you're going into, you're going through because we can't go around, or you're coming out of. I just want to set up camp on top of the hill. I don't want to come down. That's not how it works, beloved. You're either going in. You're going through or you're coming out. And a lot of times we don't know the difference between going in or coming out because we're coming out. It burns. Why are my legs feeling like they're getting tight? Anybody, anybody having trouble walking them stairs, right? New Year's resolution kicking in, right? All right. Thank God I made it up. You only had three stairs. I was like, if you got four, I might be in trouble, right? And, and, and we got to know the difference because our legs are burning because you're on the way out. Keep going. Keep moving. Keep pressing your way forward. Amen. And that's what you're doing. God is developing you and moving you into the next thing. As a matter of fact, let me, let me keep on shaking because I got to go. Let me give you a third point today. Number three. Number three. You got to follow your Savior. You got to follow your Savior. Follow your Savior. You got to be committed to God and connected to leadership. Psalms 32, 8 through 9 says this in the New Living Translation. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over you. Verse 9 says, do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. Wow. See, what I want you to consider is since Christ doesn't physically reside among us, God kisses us and he gives us Christ-like leaders. Unfortunately, we ain't like Peter, James, John, the greater, the latter, Thomas, Doubting Thomas. Thomas always got a bad rap. Matthew, the tax collector, Judas, that crook. We're not like those 12 guys, but we kind of do mimic them in a sense. And so we may not have Jesus with all his nice long hair and his bronze feet telling all the great stories here, but God sent somebody in his place. So are you really following your Savior? Because if you're not following your leaders, then that might be in question. Leaders who take their salvation and yours deadly serious. Deadly serious. This man and this woman get up every day to save souls. That's their driving train. What is yours? Is it just to go to work? When the last time you bend your knee in the morning, did you ask God, Holy Spirit, lead me out of here to the person that needs to hear the life of your ever-changing word? Do you even volunteer for duty? See, in the military, this is how you used to get on the good side of the boss. You volunteer for the bad duties. Do you volunteer to go and wash the toilet bowls? Do you volunteer to be in children's church? Do you volunteer to work in the parking lot and wave the people from the street to get them to draw them into your church? Do you volunteer for those things? Oh, are we just chandeliers? Mm, that's right. See, because these chandeliers are only broken out and turned on for nice occasions. Spotlights is like, look at me, look at me. Or are we a solar light that whenever the sun is shining, so are we. Pick your light today. What you want to be? I like chandeliers. They're pretty. Listen to the lesson, beloved. You don't want to be a chandelier. You want to be a spotlight. I mean, you want to be a solar light as long as the sun is shining on the inside of you. So you want to make sure that you're following your leader. Say, follow my leader. Follow my leader. 
Y'all remember that game when we were kids? Follow the leader. But were you the one that decided to separate from the pack and run all over the place? Because in order to be a good leader, you got to be a good follower. I'll never forget it. My father in the faith, Bishop Jesse Giddens. And again, I'm so thrilled about my father taught us that anything at his beginning is at his best. And Bishop Jesse Giddens has just started a new thing. God has just elevated him to bishop. And my brother and I are the first fruits of that. And I look forward to what, what, what's going to be held in our next season because our prosperity is in our connection to a man of God. This man of God has been doing it almost 30 years, leading people to Christ, growing a church, being impactful in this community. And that's the prosperity that your man of God and I am connected to. And if it's, and, and as a matter of fact, it's in, it's in Psalms 133 where it says if it starts at the head, it's coming on down. Right. Yes. Uh, Pastor Yvonne, they should have shouted at that. I, I come down here. If it starts at the head, it's such a nice looking head too. If it starts at the head, then it's coming down and it's not stopping until it covers each and every one of your houses. Each and every one of your houses. Amen. And so it goes on. It goes on. And I'm going to finish. I got, I got five more minutes. Can I get five more minutes? Okay, five more minutes. I'm going to get five more minutes. Give me, give me three minutes, sign, all right? The reality is this. It goes on and says in 32, um, Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I'm sorry, let me tell you Jeremiah 3 and 15. It says in Jeremiah 3 15, which we all have heard this one before. It says, and I will give you, Life Church, I'm plugging this in, pastors, which is Pastor Love and Pastor Patty, according to mine heart, which means that God purposed in his heart to send you there. I already made my confession to be known this morning. Who wants to pastor? Nobody. God sent me to a place that I didn't know nobody, that I didn't know where I was going to live, where I was going to even be at. The only thing that took me there was the military, but he said, go and start a church. And me and my four kids and my wife, we're walking around Walmart handing out flyers. Come have church in our house. People are like, that's spooky. <laughs> that's how I went for the first few times. But God. See, we'll miss God because all of a sudden we wanted to make sense. I want to have a nice house. I want my job to be set up. I want to make sure all this, that, that, that. it didn't make sense. But we just kept hearing, hit the ground running, hit the ground running, hit the ground running, hit the ground running. And in faith, we started a Bible study. And in 45 days, he said, get out and go public. Where does he want me to go? He wants me to get out the house? Sure enough, because my HOA sent me a letter that said, cease and desist from having Bible study in your house. Your neighbors are complaining there's too many parking spots are being taken up. Ooh, God had to evict us out of that place because we was getting too big. Then we went on down to the community center, and shortly after that, under 100 days, we were in our own building. And now, to God be the glory. And I'll even go another further. God broke it to my brother and sister last night while we was breaking bread. I said, we're actually in the middle school right now. We're in a municipal building because we could not be contained in the building God had us in. So y'all be in prayer for us because we got a next one that's going to be able to hold some folks in it. Amen? But Jeremiah 3.15 says, and I will give you Give you, Life Church, pastors, Patty, uh, Pastor Patty and Pastor Love, according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. This man went and, and broke something down to you this morning to help you to understand why connection was so important. He could have just said, this is it. If you got any questions, leave me a note. But that wasn't it. He led you to the understanding of what he desires, not for his life, but for your life. Wow. But for your life. But for your life, you got to imagine, okay, you're talking about a guy who did not know Jesus 10 years ago. That's not a long, that's not a long time, right? That's not, somebody in here talking about, I've been saved longer than you, preach it. Well, come on, y'all want my mic? I didn't think so. Anyway, <laughs> 10 years ago, and then all of a sudden, seven years in, God says, go and open a church. I can't fathom that. I can't make that make sense, right? But the reality is this, but God said to do that. And guess who I was connected to the whole while? My bishop, his bishop. 
Y'all's bishop. Wow. It's going to be good. It's going to be good, people of God. So he's going to send you somewhere with knowledge and understanding. Do not be like a senseless horse or mule. I love this part of the, of the text. A, a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control, which is saying to us, don't be stubborn like the mule and not make corrections that come from the word of God from your man and woman of God when they're speaking into your life. Stop being the mule. Mm, okay. Oh, y'all don't like the mule. Let's talk about the horse, right? The one that's running around unbridled. You don't want to be like the horse, constantly trying to get ahead as if you know better than the man of God. I know that's nobody in here. I ain't talking to nobody here. Yeah, I mean, he's got a roster of teachers that are getting ready to come up this week, and I'm sure they're going to bless your heart. As a matter of fact, if I didn't have the pastor of my own church, he'd be my pastor, and I'd be down here having church with y'all this week, okay? I'm, we're going back to Maryland and have revival, girl. That's it. <laughs> All week long, we ain't here in the school. So that God made a sacrifice for them to come and be the gift for your life. Do you believe that? Do you receive that? I got Kenny saying yes. How about the rest of y'all? Y'all believe that there are gifts in there? All the way from the thicket in West Texas, East Texas, came all the way here. They were comfortable. Life was good. And God said, come here to Monroe for these people. Wow. How much does God love you guys? And how much does he love them? That he would give them the supreme honor and privilege. So let me, because whether they say it or not, y'all might think it's lip service. It is a privilege and an honor for them to come and open the door and see you guys week in and week out. They talk about you. They pray for you. They love you. They lay awake at night for you. I, I really want you guys to get the picture of what is sitting before you. They are passionate about the things that God has for your life. And when's the last time that we cared enough about our own life like that? We don't want to value our own life like that, but God sent a man and a woman to care that much more, to show the Lord's heart in all things about your life. Oh, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. Because just like Moses led Israel out, now Joshua, by way of pastor love, is leading Israel, Life Church, into the future destiny. Amen? You guys believe that? Yes, sir. So again, Life Church, let's summarize this because God always tells me, he said, listen, tell the people what you're going to tell them. Tell them and tell them what you told them. I'm giving you a wrap up. You ready? Hit the music. Start the music. We're out of here. Get the hook ready. We're pulling me off of this thing. Life Church, strong strategies for success in times of struggle. Find your strength, your supernatural Holy Spirit strength. Allow God to pour out his super on your natural. Fix your situation. Separate yourself from sin at all cost. At all cost. It's not going to be popular. It's not going to be easy, but you can do it. You can do it with his help. He's your provider. He's your keeper. He's your way maker. Amen. And God sent his Holy Spirit, not that you would be isolated and feel alone, but as you would be insulated by his loving embrace everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. He's like Visa. He's everywhere you want to be. Don't leave home without him. And lastly, follow your Savior. Follow the leaders that your Savior sent to you. Amen? Follow and show them that you love them like you love the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I guarantee you, if you stay committed to God and connected to these leaders, God will open up doors that you can't possibly fathom in your life. You receive that on today? Let's give God a praise. <laughs> to God be the glory. Are you gonna rap? Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. 
For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.